Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's the Friday News Roundup. I'm with CityCast's Francesca DeBecco and Elizabeth Kama talking about city parks, special elections, and the best local holiday markets. It's Friday, December 2nd. I'm Mallory Falk, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So I'm filling in for Morgan today, and I'm joined by newsletter editor Francesca DeVacco. Hello. Hey, team. And producer Elizabeth Kama. Hi. Hi. It's getting to be that time of year when you either bundle up in a thousand layers or don't go out. So does the winter chill make either of you into a homebody? <laughs> what doesn't make me into a homebody? Yes, I, I'm always a homebody. I just want to make all of the cozy soups and stews and cuddle up with my cats. <laughs> that sounds delightful. No, that sounds lovely. Yeah, I, you know, I spent like more than a decade in warm climates, the South and Southwest. And so I don't, I am questioning a little why I decided to voluntarily step back into the cold and into the gray winter. <laughs> What about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, well, maybe I'm the outsider here, but uh, or maybe it's because I grew up ski racing in the cold. Um, but I actually get out in nature more often in the winter than any other season. Um, I guess it's just mm-hmm. how I try to fight off the Pittsburgh gray days. Like, I got to do something. That's inspirational. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you got to just embrace the season and not try to burrow away from it like I'm just going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of winter hikes and then obviously I ski, but um, I think part of what allows me to do that is because I'm lucky enough to live in an area, some really good parks around me um, that are like well taken care of all year long. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some areas in Pittsburgh that are just not as lucky though. That's so true. Yeah, there are some parks out here that could definitely use a little TLC, but am I remembering this right? Like, didn't we get a tax increase a few years ago that was supposed to address this? Yeah, you are not imagining this. Three years ago, voters actually approved a tax increase? Hmm, shocking. Voters (laughs) in favor of a tax bump? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I know, right? But it happened. 52% of voters went for it, uh, surprisingly. Wow. Yeah, very tight, though, Um, although the city held off on implementing it until 2021 due to, you know, the financial strain of COVID. Uh, So this is really the first year that we're seeing the returns from that vote. Um, But yeah, last year, property owners in the city were taxed $50 for every $100,000 their property was worth, um, with the aim being that that money would go to some of that TLC that Mallory is talking about, you know, the parks that really need it. That's a lot of money, but, you know, it does cost a lot to maintain our green spaces. Yeah, it was expected to be around seven to eight million dollars. And people are not really happy with how Mayor Ed Ganey is planning on spending that money. Um, The Pittsburgh Parks Conservancy, which is, you know, one of the groups, it's like a nonprofit um, that really pushed for this tax increase in the first place, actually sent a request to Ganey to put 2.9 million dollars of that tax money to their organization to rehab some of these more rundown parks and he uh, denied that request which parks are they talking about specifically yeah well they actually did like a whole analysis to see which parks needed it most and they found that parks in homewood 
Belts Hoover, Spring Hill, and the Hill District were in dire need uh, after years of the city really not taking care of them. I feel like it's really worth mentioning and talking about that a lot of these areas where the city hasn't been taking care of their parks um, are where black folks live. So there's an element of like racial inequality here that uh, the Parks Conservancy was trying to address. I really hope those parks get some resources because everyone in every neighborhood deserves to have um, a green space, a you know beautiful mm-hmm. moment in nature. Um, and so, I mean, if the money isn't going to them, then where is it going? Yeah, I mean, Ganey wants to divide it up, so it's not going to one place specifically, but a big chunk of it, about $1.6 million, would be going to equipment for the Department of Public Works for, you know, trucks and tractors. Okay, I'm kind of confused because wasn't the tax for these parks that need rehab, not for equipment? Yeah, and that's where a lot of the criticism was aimed. But the Ganey administration kind of argues that since the trucks and tractors would, you know, also serve those underfunded parks, it technically isn't a misuse of funds. I mean, I guess I can see both arguments. It's just really hard for, you know, people who expected to receive these funds, um, kind of seeing them go elsewhere. Yeah, that seems to be kind of where people are getting angry. They are spending some of this money on parks that need sprucing up. Um, you know, Moore Park gets about $2 million, and McKinley Park gets about 77000 and some other parks are getting money. Um, so not all of it is going to, you know, this public works equipment thing, but Some of the parks that the Conservancy um, found that needed that money the most aren't getting it. Uh, It's kind Mm of seems like it's whatever parks the administration is thinking about, not necessarily kind of following the data. Hmm. Right. So part of this critique from the Conservancy is also like just because it really didn't get the funding that it wanted. Yeah, I mean... It kind of seems like that's an element of it, that they're just not getting the money that they wanted. Um, But other people are mad about the fact that, like, a huge amount of this money is going to public works and not to parks. Um, Controller Michael Lamb, you know, critiqued this thing saying, you know, people voted for the money to go to the parks and it shouldn't be going to public works. But uh, it doesn't seem like anything's going to change. Uh, The only people who can really change it at this point are the Ganey administration and city council, Um, And they seem pretty firm in this decision. But I guess we'll see, you know, maybe there'll be a crazy upset. Hmm. So switching from city government to state government, we have some election updates for you because there's kind of an interesting scenario unfolding in the state house. As you may remember, in this last election, Democrats won control of the state house for the first time in more than a decade. They won 102 seats. So they have a one point margin. It's very tight. Um, But there's going to be a period at the beginning of the year where they don't actually have a majority and when they won't have enough votes to confirm their nominee for Speaker of the House. Uh, Wait, how is that possible? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, wait, I think this is because Tony DeLuca died uh, and then won re-election. I actually know someone who voted for him knowing that he was dead, um, which I think is funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, that it's a wild story, and that's definitely part of it, Elizabeth. So uh, Tony DeLuco is a longtime Democratic state rep from Pittsburgh. Uh, he was actually the longest-serving member of the state house, and he died from lymphoma you know, a month before the election, and there wasn't enough time to take his name off the ballot. 
and he won his seat by more than 85% of the vote. Um, Elizabeth's friend doing her part to, to get him reelected. I mean, that man was popular. He was beloved. I don't know how many voters knew he was dead and voted for him anyway. I, I only know one of them. Um, but yeah, that's a legacy beyond the grave. Your informal study. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, she did the research. <laughs> yeah, the research being my knitting group. A, a cross section, cross, cross stitch, stitch. Ah! of my region. Right. I'm going to move on from that horrible joke. Um, but yeah, so Democrats will definitely be down one seat when the new legislative session starts on January 3rd because DeLuca's seat obviously is empty. Um, but then they'll quickly be down two more seats because two more state reps, also from Allegheny County, um, got elected to higher office. Summer Lee won a seat in Congress, and Austin Davis mm. is becoming the next lieutenant governor. And so that means that by mid-January, even though Democrats took control in this past election, Republicans will actually have a temporary edge in the House. It'll be 101 to 99 until we can have special elections here in Allegheny County to fill these empty seats. So Allegheny County has really thrown the legislature into turmoil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. So you said that Dems won't have enough votes to confirm their pick for Speaker of the House? Yeah. So they're planning to nominate Joanna McClinton from Philly. She's a former public defender. She's been the Democratic floor leader. But to get elected, she needs a majority of votes, which the Dems, you know, won't have. Tony DeLuca obviously can't vote for her. Austin Davis will be able to because he doesn't get sworn in as lieutenant governor until January 17th. So he'll he'll be there on the 3rd. Um, Summer Lee is more up in the air. Our opening session is the same day as the opening session in the U.S. House in D.C. What? So I actually heard an interview with Stephen Caruso from Spotlight PA. You might remember him. He's a friend, friend of, the of the pod. He's been on some of our election episodes. And he said it's possible that, like, theoretically, Summer Lee could start the day in Harrisburg, get sworn in, vote for McClinton, then resign and race over to D.C. to get sworn in there. <laughs> um, unclear if that's going to happen. But, you know, depending what happens with her, the Dems will either need one or two Republicans to back McClinton in order for her to become the next Speaker of the House. Wow, all in a day's work. Summer <laughs> Lee. She, I mean, we know from we know from Morgan that she did. They ran track together, so that's right. You know, she's she's speedy. <laughs> speedy. Yes, 
<laughs> she's used to running around. Um, great. So for those who aren't familiar, like let's get a little government 101 here. What does the Speaker of the House do? This is an, an important position. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Speaker calls up bills for a vote. They moderate floor debates. Um, and they also pick committee chairs, and and those people have like a ton of say in whether or not a bill advances. So this is definitely a position that's you know really critical to how the legislature functions and and what laws you know make it through. Um, so Democrats are going to have to do some convincing and you know maybe make some concessions to Republican lawmakers, at least a few of them, to get their support and and vote for their speaker pick. Hmm. Yeah. Even with Summer Lee, track star extraordinaire, uh, it sounds like regardless of what happens with that vote, by mid-January, uh, the state house will be down three Democrats. Uh, when will those seats be filled? And, you know, is there any chance that Republicans could win one or more of those seats? I mean, is there a chance that Democrats might not control the House? Those are all great questions. Yeah, good um, question. <laughs> these, spe- <laughs> these special elections could be held anywhere from February until the primary in May. There's actually some drama right now around like who gets to call the special election for DeLuca's position. I'm not going to get into all the nitty gritty of that here, but if you're interested in learning more, we'll drop a link in our show notes to an article by Chris Potter at WESA breaking all that down. Mm-hmm. But all three seats are in heavily Democratic areas, so it seems pretty unlikely that Dems will lose control. Um, one interesting tidbit, though, is there are rumors that Carrie Lewis Del Rosso is going to run as the Republican candidate to take DeLuca's seat. And if that name sounds familiar, she was Doug Mastriano's running mate when he just ran to become governor of Pennsylvania. Obviously, he lost to Democrat Josh Shapiro. So that could be an interesting race. Interesting. So can Republicans do much during this period, like when they have the majority? Well, to pass anything, they need 102 votes, and they'll only have 101 seats. Shout out again to Stephen Crusoe for breaking all this down. Um, (laughs) So they'd really need support from at least one Democrat to get any legislation through during this time. Yeah, I mean, how unusual is the situation? It's pretty unusual. Like, it's not that uncommon for a state rep to leave partway through the session um, in that Spotlight PA reporting, which we'll link in the notes. Um, Stephen found data that shows the state has averaged 4.5 legislative special elections every year for the past decade. But what's different right now is things are just so tight. The Democrats have a one-seat majority. Mm -hmm. So as he put it, every lawmaker matters right now. There is a lot uh, that we will continue watching with that. Um, But honestly, there's no good transition to this, but I'm going to switch gears. Let's talk about the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) We all all need festive things to look forward to. I personally think that gift giving is a whole lot more fun when you get to support the dreams and hard work of local businesses, Um, the makers, the artists. Um, So I'm going to tell you where you can find presents for everyone on your list at upcoming local markets. Ooh, are there any happening this weekend by chance for people who want to, you know, get an early jump on holiday shopping? Yes, there's so many. Maybe pick one or swing by a couple. Um, It depends on uh, how much running around you want to do. First, let's talk about the Handmade Arcade. This is a big one. Um, You can shop for one-of-a-kind handmade gifts from more than 250 vendors at the region's largest holiday market this Friday and Saturday at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center in downtown. 
Have any of you ever been? No, but it's on my to-do list for this weekend. So say hi if you see me. Same here. See you there. (laughs) (laughs) It is a blast. I got almost all of my gifts there last year. I felt so satisfied, you know, being able to support local makers and just like really crossing everyone off my list. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get really, really unique things. Um, It's really special. But the one thing I will say is that it's a lot of hustle and bustle. Um, So if you want to avoid the crowds, you can check out the Friday night happy hour where you can shop, eat, and drink, um, you know, and and avoid the rush of Saturday. Uh, Tickets for that are $35, so you do have to pay, but, you know, it might be worth it if you want to, you know, avoid (laughs) having to uh, kind of like fight to get through (laughs) um, some of the vendors. And then also on Saturday is the Holiday Makers Market at Lawrenceville Market House from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There will be pottery, jewelry, vintage, and more. And um, one of the vendors that I found um, does this really neat flower preservation jewelry. So you can like take a special bouquet, like maybe from your wedding or something, and turn it into like a wearable keepsake jewelry item. So it's really neat. So check that out. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, sweet things, while you're down there, get a sweet treat from Oliver's Donuts. We highly recommend them. Francesca, what was the best gift you found at Handmade Arcade last year? I got um, our nephew a little handmade fanny pack. It was so cute and these like really fun colors. It's by, it's made by um, Pack Pack. Um, that's the the local brand and they're so cute and they have um, they have adult ones too so you can get like a matching one for your kiddo and for you or you know just one for yourself Um, and then what's really fun they just came out with these um, refrigerated like pack packs so it was like a yeah it was a collaboration with Leona's ice cream um, mental so you could like easily put in a little like ice cream sandwich into the little fanny pack Um, so I think it's really fun like it, it can fit like beers or you know whatever it's it's really cute so if you need to like pack a little lunch in your fanny pack um i think it's uh it's a really fun gift for really any age i love the idea of just like wandering around the city snacking on ice cream sandwiches as i go (laughs) yeah i know it sounds sounds delightful see i was thinking about going to a tailgate and you know not having to bring a cooler but um two different strokes for different folks yeah So next, let's go up to Mount Washington. You can enjoy cozy drinks, festive cocktails, delicious treats, and lots of shopping at the winter markets on Bingham this Saturday and the following two Saturdays. If you need some holiday decor inspiration, make sure to check out the Fresh Evergreen Market. Okay, so let's say we're either tied up on Saturday or maybe can't get enough of the holiday shopping and need a double dose. What's (laughs) happening this Sunday? Yes, we got some options for Sunday too. Um, If you're headed to the Strip District uh, to get some specialty groceries, you can swing by Kingfly Spirits for a cocktail and a lineup of local vendors from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then there's also the Atithi Holiday Market in Sharpsburg from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. also. You can browse art, clothing, plants, and more at the Atithi Studios. And if you'd like to get into the holiday spirit with a spiritual experience, stop by my friend Heather Visneski's studio for a reading. She's an evidential psychic medium and truly one of the sweetest souls I've ever met. Yes, and after all that... You know, say you have a lot of people in your life that you got to gift gifts for. And, you know, even if you're shopping Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, 
Um, or maybe you're just not up for it this weekend. Is there anything next week? Yes. Um, we've got the Lawrenceville pop-up market on December 10th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Attack Theater and Boys and Girls Club. You can find treasures from local makers, small businesses, and vintage sellers. And there's a sweet synchronicity on that day. The market is the same day as the Lawrenceville cookie tour. So bop around Ooh. town, get some free sweet treats. Um, a lot of local businesses will you know, have some homemade uh, goodies for you to try. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday, December 18th, you can get those last minute gifts bought by shopping from small regional businesses all under one roof at the Made and Found Holiday Market at Spirit in Lawrenceville. So I think we're all set on figuring out what we want to get for our family and friends this holiday season. Thank you, Francesca. Yeah, sure. Fanny thing. packs for all. Yeah. <laughs> and be sure to find the link to my newsletter in the show notes. You can get all the details on where these markets are, what time, prepping you for the holiday season. That's all for today on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our team this week includes Morgan Moody, Francesca DeBecco, Elizabeth Kama, and me, Mallory Falk. Music is by Benji. We'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. Oh my god, my voice just got real deep.